everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And just a quick note of housekeeping. Uh, I just would like to apologize to everybody. The schedule is a little bit wonky. I think that we had mentioned before we were going to post our Friday the 13th rankings on Friday the 13th. It is already posted on our audio-only RSS feed, but if you want to watch the video, come back on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. The video, we should we should mention the video uh, features Paul doing the uh, Crispin Glover dance from... Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It does. For three yeah. hours straight. Yep. Three hours straight. <laughs> the whole podcast, he's just up and dancing. Yeah. So on that note, I will pass it to you, Zach. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Renee. Uh, so I have a, a theme this week, and uh, my theme is we already have that movie at home. Um, so the first movie I wanted to recommend uh, is Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. It's the uh, classic horror thriller about a small town where the birds turn feral. Um, and I asked my mom if we could uh, get this movie, and she said, well, we already have The Birds at home. Um, unfortunately, The Birds at Home was not the Alfred Hitchcock classic. It was oh. actually 1988's Killing Birds, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> Zombie Five. Oh, God. <laughs> so, and this is this is a, a bastardization of a dumb meme for those of you who don't know. Um, anyways, what is this movie about? Well, um, the, the title would suggest that it's about birds, uh, either people killing birds or birds killing people. Um, mm -hmm. But let me read you the synopsis on uh, imdb.com. Uh, a group of college students go into the woods to study birds. They encounter a strange blind man who's connected to the zombie, uh, the killer zombies that prowl a dilapidated house deep in the forest. Um, I don't remember. There's uh, maybe zombies in this movie. Uh, it's called Zombie 5, which should also make you think it's a uh, the fourth sequel to Lucio <laughs> Fulci's Zombie. Um, uh -huh. I don't think he had any involvement with this movie, <laughs> nope. uh, but, you know, uh, <laughs> um, there are probably about 50 uh, sequels to Zombie that, uh, that are have nothing to do with that movie. But anyways, um, yeah, this is a uh, truly awful movie. In fact, um, you mentioned the, the, uh, the, the YouTube channel at the top here, Renee. Uh, this I, I watched this movie uh, God, probably about a year or so ago now, and it was so ridiculous. I actually went and made a sizzle reel of mm. about three minutes of the absolute worst scenes oh, in this wow. movie. And so uh, <laughs> if we can convince Renee, I think we're going to post that on the YouTube channel. I will say it's mostly uh, just like uh, bad uh, line deliveries because I think that the – Guys who made it. I mean, this is a uh, this is a thoroughly Italian film, and I think that the guys who made it uh, didn't actually speak a single word of English. Although I also don't know if any of the actors spoke a single word of English because most of them deliver their lines like they just learn the lines phonetically. Um, anyways, it's mostly it's mostly horrible line deliveries, but it also has, I swear to God, the most avoidable death in the history of film cinema. And go watch the video. Uh, look us up on on YouTube, and you'll find the video. Uh, hopefully, when this with when this episode's out, and you can see what I mean. Um, it's amazing. It's it's a truly bizarre, awful film. It's one of those movies that's really just worth watching um because well you you can't get your hands on the birds actually i did i was gonna i i was doing this because i looked up uh, the birds i was gonna recommend that but it's only playing on like peacock and who the hell subscribes to peacock probably no one <laughs> um i don't think the nbc executives subscribe to peacock so 
Anyways, you can watch, uh, it's not on Peacock, but Killing Birds is on the Roku channel, Tubi, Night Flight, and Plex. And I should also mention, uh, if you speak Italian, I, <laughs> I did find someone, someone uploaded the entire movie to YouTube, uh, but it is the Italian dub. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Aww. although it might be more entertaining to watch that way. But yeah. um, anyways, uh, speaking of Italians... Uh, I'm going to pass this over to uh, Paul for his first recommendation. Was I thought you were going to pull switch room, pass it to Bill, but yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> well, thank you, I know. Zach. Um, so my, my, my topic this week is conspiracies, because everyone Ooh. loves a good conspiracy. Or, or do we? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if the great achievement of mankind was faked? Uh-oh. That's right. We're recommending Capricorn One. So, <laughs> all right, this isn't yeah, this isn't one of the greatest films in the world, but it still has a soft place in my heart. 1977, Capricorn One, and it's basically NASA, 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 NASA <laughs> fakes the Mars landing. Totally not referencing the moon landing with this. Sure. Nope, totally not. Totally not. Unfortunately, when the rocket is coming back in. It, it it is destroyed, so they're like, "Uh, oh, we got these three astronauts. We gotta get rid of them," and yep. hence a thriller ensues. It's by writer director Peter Hyams, um, who apparently was also a drum, drummer for Maynard Ferguson. In case you want to know, but he actually hmm. went on to direct uh, like 2010, The Year We Made Contact, Outland, Running Scared, The Presidio, Time Cop, hmm. uh, The Relic, um, and uh, he apparently got the idea for this when he was actually working. Uh, I guess in broadcasts went during the moon landings and was thinking like, you know, there's, there's only one witness to this whole thing and it's a camera. How do we know this is real? So <laughs> we came up with this idea. The cast on this thing is amazing. Elliot Gould, James Brolin, Sam Watterson, Hal Holbrook, OJ Simpson, Whoa. Brenda Vaccaro, Karen Black, Telly Savalas, David Doyle, David Hulson, Lee Bryant. I mean, you got a shit ton of people in this movie. Yeah. James Karen, um, it's not the best, but it's, it's actually really fun and it's actually a pretty good little thriller. What's amazing about it is here's a film that portrays NASA as, you know, <laughs> this organization that's going to do anything to keep their yeah. funding, including, you know, trying to kill like their astronauts. <laughs> and, and it had, it was, had the support of NASA. NASA gave them <laughs> like, apparently yeah. like a mock-up of the moon lander. They gave them all sorts of shit to do this movie. I'm like, did they read the script? People smoking. Apparently not. In plain sight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Totally not about the the moon landing though. Um, it's not the greatest film in the world, but it is fun. Hey, Paul, where the hell can you watch it? Well, um, if you had Peacock, you can you can Stop watch it. it while you watch the bird. What is happening? But you can, <laughs> but, but you can also watch it on Roku, Vudu, Tubi, of course, Pluto TV, Shout Factory TV, Plex, and Freevee. So you can catch this thing just about everywhere. Again, not the greatest film, but it is actually surprisingly fun and a hmm. pretty decent little thriller. And speaking of decent little thrillers, mm. I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. Why, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'll bet I'll bet that NASA just got tired of being the wimpy little nerd kid in the lunchroom next to the CIA <laughs> and the FBI. And they're like, yeah, that's right. We'll approve this script. We'll kill anyone that gets in our way. But no one believes that. <laughs> no one believes that for a minute. I, I did actually like Capricorn 1. Um, well, so last week I talked about a couple of, uh, portmandus, as you will, short, you know, anthology <laughs> films. 
And uh, I, I kind of get on that kick. I, I really do like them. I wish they'd, more of them would come back. But I guess now it's kind of been replaced by things like Black Mirror and pretty good shows that do just as good a job. Um, the, one of the first ones I ever saw was actually at the drive-in, went with my best friend and his family, and went to see double feature of Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror. So Tales from the Crypt, which you can see on, calling it up, of course it's on Tubi and the Roku channel and Crackle and Plex. And I would have done Vault of Horror too, but that one, for whatever reason, is not playing. And it always surprises me when, like, oh, man. you know, like, like you can find Planet of the Apes and um, one of the other Planet of the Apes movies, but the middle one, the one in between is always missing. You're like, why? Why? Right. I can see Wreck. I can see Wreck 3. I can see Wreck 4. Where's Wreck 2? I don't know. They just, they dangle it in front of you. But um, this is, okay, this is a classic amicus um, portmanteau, and it's about a bunch of folks, and they find themselves... Um, Let's see, uh, they're going through some, these people are going through some catacombs and they find a room with a mysterious crypt keeper. And he's not the scary crypt keeper, it's Ralph Richardson. And he tells a story about how each of them will die. And these people stick around and listen to these stories instead of like, oh my, look at the time, gotta run. What the hell of a cast here? Joan Collins, Peter Cushing, Richard Green, Ian Hendry, Patrick McGee, Nigel Patrick, all Ralph Richardson, I mean, just good stuff. So we've got... Um, all Through the House, which is uh, Joan Collins Kills Her Husband. Another one of those classic EC horror stories with bad marriages. Boy, there's a lot of mm. those. Yeah, nobody's happy. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, is, there's a killer Santa Claus who, who has escaped from the insane asylum with his costume, which they stupidly let him keep. But these are the same people who let the guy with the hook keep his hook. So when he escapes, he can go to Lover's Lane and start killing people with it. Take the damn hook away. Jesus. Um, so anyway, that one's pretty good. And Joan Collins looks very fetching and, and everything and, and comes to a righteous end. Reflections of Death, which is uh, an unfaithful husband abandons his family. Man, did these guys have issues when they wrote these things. And uh, then he's killed and he comes back later as a zombie. Uh, but it turns out it was all a dream. But then there's a car accident at the end of that. So, you know, was it really a dream? Who knows? The best one by far, Peter Cushing plays this sweet old man who has a bunch of dogs and like gives cookies to the kids and these rich snobs want to take his land. So they, they do all kinds of things to him, drive him to suicide, the bastards. But what they didn't know is that um, this guy, Peter Cushing, kind of dabbled in the occult. And uh, sure enough, one year later on Valentine's Day, he comes back and uh, it's got a great ending that scared the bejibbers out of me when I was a kid. Even though, you're, you know, the driving is like the least scary place on earth, right? You're in a car so you could make a fast getaway if you had to. You're with a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but but still, it was scary. There was uh, a Wish You Were Here, which is a version of the monkey's paw. And you can't go wrong with the monkey's paw. It's just one of the scariest things ever and, and just really, really works well. Um, and then the last one is a really good one where, um, let's see, uh, Nigel Patrick plays this guy who takes over an asylum for blind people. And he just like cuts the heat and serves them weak soup. And he's just like cutting corners here and there. And then the blind folks take their revenge. And it's great. That's some real righteous Old Testament vengeance there. And then we get to the ending. Now, if you haven't figured out the ending by now, as I made clear, listen, there's only so many endings that you can have. And whenever a bunch of people gather together and then we tell a bunch of stories involving them and horrible things that happen to them, 
They're in hell. Do I got to spell it out for you? I mean, come on. <laughs> Everyone should have seen this coming, right? Please. It's a great, it's a, it's a really, really fun film. Gory enough to, to keep your interest. I mean, it seems pretty tame now, but at the time, watching a, a beating, ripped out beating heart on the table, just, yeah, I hadn't seen anything like that before. I was watching Universal Horror, and then I go see this. Great stuff. What year did this come out? Uh, 1972. I was 12 years old. What a perfect age to watch this. But those days are gone, but still worth looking out for the 12-year-old that still lurks within all of us. So that's Tales from the Crypt. Mm. They don't make them like that anymore. Here's a here's a crazy. Sorry, uh, I'm yeah. I'm gonna interject here. Crazy piece of uh, uh, trivia because I was looking this up. I was like, I feel like I've seen this, but I couldn't remember. Uh, Freddie Francis, the guy who directed this and a bunch yes. of other uh, horror movies, he was also a cinematographer. Uh, uh-huh. Shot a couple of David Lynch's movies, including Dune and The Straight Story, uh, and yeah. also shot Cape Fear. I think he did The Elephant Man mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was he's a he was a brilliant uh, cinematographer. Um, he was not a great director, but he was an okay director, and I think this is one of his better ones. It's when he tried to make long form that it didn't quite work as well. But yeah, but just oh man, great cinematographer, just beautiful stuff, especially when he did black and white. So yeah, yeah, good call, Freddie Fran. I should have mentioned he he uh, he was good. So uh, like I say, they don't make him like this anymore. And speaking of classic models i send this to renee oh thank you so much so my theme this week is appreciation and i have an appreciation for the influx of youtube viewers that we have Mm. and that i have to thank bill because he put together the amazing presentation i'm sorry you just have to take it he put (laughs) together an amazing presentation and It's wonderful, and everyone should watch it. Now, you might look at the video length and think, oh, my gosh, this is really long. I can't watch the whole thing. You don't have to. It's it's broken up. You can watch a little bit at a time. You don't have to watch the whole thing at once, but you probably will because, honestly, it goes by quickly, and it's just – it's very interesting. Um, And if you enjoyed it, you might also enjoy Bill's book, ROM. You can buy it on Amazon. Why, thank you. So my theme is appreciation – And I have an appreciation for a friend of mine who actually recommended these uh, two movies for me. Also, well, I guess I should also say that I really appreciate spooky season. It is my favorite time of year. And in honor of spooky season, I will be bringing you some sci-fi movies. Because I bring you spooky (laughs) movies year-round. So I figured why not go in the opposite direction and bring you some sci-fi movies. And over the weekend, we had a solar eclipse. Did anyone see it? It was cloudy here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I never go out. I never go outside, so I wouldn't have seen it regardless. <laughs> you didn't see it from the window. No. Uh, oh, no, I have those uh, firmly shuttered. <laughs> <laughs> so it brings about something else that I appreciate, which is the sun. It's kind of important. <laughs> yeah. It does a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> this movie is called Sunshine. Mm. It stars Killian Murphy and Chris Evans and Rose Byrne and Michelle Yeoh, who stars in Paul's favorite movie or one of Paul's favorite movies, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm. And it Yay. also stars, yeah, and it also stars Cliff Curtis. And you know what Cliff Curtis was in? No, what was he in? The Meg. In The Meg 2. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, gosh. So this movie was directed by Danny Boyle. And Danny Boyle has a great catalog of movies. He did Slumdog Millionaire and Train Spotting, and most notably, 28 Days, which also stars Killian Murphy. And spoiler, it is not on streaming. If it was, it would be my second recommendation. Alas, it is not. I actually, I actually, <laughs> the, he he made he made twenty eight days later. Twenty eight days is a romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock. But, oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I only know that I only wow. know that because when when, when twenty eight days came later came out, uh, a bunch of people made funny funny photoshops of that. So I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's not the first time that I've done that. Please forgive me. <laughs> now, twenty eight weeks later is streaming, but I don't I don't recommend that. It is has nothing to do with Danny Boyle or Killian Murphy, so maybe you could skip that one. Anyhow, the year is 2057, and the sun is dying. So a group of astronauts have been sent on a mission to reignite the sun with a massive nuclear bomb. Oh, good plan. So, yeah. I'm waiting for the conspiracy theories that we're going to find out that this is actually a sequel to Oppenheimer. And that Killian Murphy plays a descendant (laughs) who is going to right his wrongs and save the world. (laughs) (laughs) so you know as expected they run into some troubles along the way but this movie it's okay it's visually i found it to be visually stunning i think it would be a great movie to see in a theater though you'd probably get your retinas burnt out but i really do think it would be a really great movie to see in a theater it's very atmospheric it has a great soundtrack the cast all work together really well and so there's a lot of elements, psychology, you know, the people that are essentially, and, you know, they're kind of, uh, what am I trying to say? They're isolated, you know, having been in space for so long, just the the danger of this particular mission. And I always hate to give away too much. So yeah, it's just, it's just a good movie. It's got some good little twists and turns. It's, you know, there's, it's not a perfect movie, but is there a perfect movie? I mean, maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember what's the name of your movie called uh kill, killing birds obviously you've never seen killing birds <laughs> yeah. it's no killing birds aka, AKA wow. zombie five <laughs> yeah it's no killing birds but it's a pretty good movie and uh i think that it i think it deserves a watch and of course killian murphy is just he's a really great actor he did a really great job in this and i do think that it's worth watching and you can watch it on youtube it's the only place it's streaming so there you go and on that note I'll pass it back to you, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, nice I save there. I, I know. I know. You You, you couldn't remember who you were supposed to go. Um, it's fine. You can edit that out. Um, yeah, I will. Because you have the power. Okay. Well, uh, my second movie, uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to read you the synopsis here. Um, so I wanted to watch a, a post-apocalyptic classic. And uh, I... I told my mom, uh, I want to watch a movie about a post-apocalyptic world where a warrior wandering through the desert comes upon a group of settlers who are being menaced by a murderous gang uh, that is after their resources. Um, And she said, we have that movie at home. I was like, great, we have uh, The Road Warrior at home. Um, No, uh, we didn't, in fact. When I got home, uh, Mel Gibson had somehow been replaced with Patrick Swayze in In 1987's Steel Dawn. Um, This is a movie I haven't actually seen in a long time. I remember uh, when I was a kid or or a young teenager, 
I didn't quite understand the concept of knockoffs. So, uh, you know, I, I watched the Mad Max films, uh, which obviously I loved all of them. Uh, and I was like, oh, I want more of this, uh, whatever this is, this post-apocalyptic uh, people on dune buggies um, zipping around the desert and, you know, fighting each other and wearing all kinds of crazy costumes. Unfortunately, I didn't quite realize that those movies were kind of standouts and all the knockoffs are absolutely horrible, <laughs> um, which this is no exception. Uh, this is a pretty terrible movie, but uh, it does have Patrick Swayze in it, which makes it uh, at least kind of watchable. It also has Brian James uh, from The Fifth Element and Blade Runner and uh, Arnold Arnold Vosloo, who would go on to play The Mummy in 1999's The Mummy. Um, so anyways, uh, Steel Dawn, yeah, what can I say? Uh, it's... Uh, it ain't the Road Warrior, but but it but it sure is something. Um, this one is playing on Voodoo, Tubi, and Plex. And uh, speaking of um, knockoffs of some of my favorite, uh, no, I don't know. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to pass it over to uh, wow. uh, the number one Steel Dawn fan of the world, Paul. <laughs> Why? Thank you, Zach. So I, I said my theme was about conspiracies, and uh, the first one, of course, was directed by Peter Himes, who went and directed 2010 as well and of course his film was totally not about faking the moon landing so what's my second film going to be why it's room 237 it's a documentary about people's conspiracy theories around the shining see because see the shining was directed by stanley kubrick who didn't direct two he directed 2000 but not 2001 but not 2000 well no he directed didn't direct 2010 and you know because oh never mind anyway so yeah you get the idea it's wow a lot of people, I think, misunderstand this movie. They watch this movie, Room 237. It's a documentary. And they're, they're like, oh, it's a it's about these conspiracies. And that's sort of the framework. But I think it's really more about the people who believe conspiracies or believe these theories or do whatever they can do, whatever mental gymnastics they can to to find something more in the film. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Kubrick films, yes. But people find things such as... That one of the conspiracies is that that The Shining was a Stanley Kubrick uh, basically confession about faking the moon landings. So I mean, there's a lot of weirdness in it, but it's really fascinating. It's it, to me again, it's not so much about the the conspiracy theories themselves or the the weird theories they have about what the film's about. It's really more about the people and why they believe it. Um, so I, I find it fascinating. It's currently playing on Tubi, of course. Uh, AMC Plus, Pluto TV, and Plex. Again, uh, it's a neat companion piece to watch with The Shining. I didn't actually watch to see if The Shining... Do we know if The Shining streaming anywhere? Probably not, because, mm. you know, uh, I think it's, I think it's on Max, because it's a oh, is Warner it? Bros. joint. Oh. oh, okay. So, yeah, it's actually playing on Max, Fubo, and DirecTV. So speaking of Halloween candy that's broken into, I will pass this to Bill Mulligan. Why, thank you. You know, just a few minutes ago, I realized what I should have picked for my second film uh, was from A Whisper to a Scream because the director just passed away a few days ago, Jeff Burr, and I had a story to tell about him. But I'll save that for next time because I just wasn't prepped up for it. So Mm. I'm I'm still doing portmanteaus. I think I could do the whole month of October on just these. (laughs) Next one is actually one that, amazingly enough, breaks away from the we're telling a bunch of story about people who are dead. And it's 1972's Asylum. Yes! Yes, this one has got a great 
premise, the framing story is that this doctor comes to an asylum for the incurably insane and um, the warden interviews him and isn't convinced that he's right for the job, but he gives him an offer. He's going to interview four patients for the inmates and figure out which one is the former head of the asylum who just went absolutely bug, bug nuts and ended up being being there. So, okay, it's a great premise. It doesn't entirely work because some of the people he interviews are clearly not old enough to be that. But you know what? Who cares? So we start with the first one, Frozen Fear. And I know this is going to shock you, but it's about a marriage gone wrong. And you listen, <laughs> all of these stories, the men are unfaithful louts and the women are, you know, shrieking harridans, a pox on both their homes. But I just wonder what was going on with these these guys that wrote these stories. <laughs> just, you know, just miserable. Anyway, uh, he kills his wife, chops her up into little pieces and uh, puts her in a freezer. And then all the pieces come to life and kill him. And it's really genuinely kind of creepy. It's a little silly because, you know, the pieces are all wrapped up in paper and the head, you know, the head goes up the stairs. How? How does it do that? I don't know. But it's still pretty cool. Then they've got one called The Weird Tailor. I should mention these were all written Robert Block. So we've got some good writing here. And, and in fact, I would I would say that probably Asylum may be the one that has the best, some of the best, um, most consistent story, you know, quality of stories. Although Tales from the Crypt was pretty good too. The Weird Tailor, which is a very kind of Lovecraftian thing, and it for a long time I thought it was Lovecraft, and it's about a, Peter Cushing is this rich guy who hires a tailor to use this magic cloth to make a suit that he will put his dead son in, that'll bring his son back to life. Yeah, that's going to go well. The weakest one, and I love Charlotte Rampling, uh, but it, this is kind of it's called Lucy Comes to Stay, and it's got um, it's got the, this girl and uh, her mysterious best friend, and you know what I've said about twin movies where there's you know whenever it's about an evil twin, there always is never really a twin. Yeah, so okay, you'll figure this one out real fast, but I do love Charlotte Rampling. Um, then there's the great one, Mannequins of Horror. It's so darn good. It, it's just, it's crazy. You got Herbert Lom, who can do crazy like nobody's business. He was the best part of the Pink Panther movies. Uh, and he, he has created these little dolls. They look like um, Funko dolls with people's actual heads on them, wind-up <laughs> toys that go around and kill people. Oh, it is the stupidest premise but it's really, it's really well done. And when you stomp on the dolls, they're full of guts and brains. And it's like, oh my, yeah, craziness. I think they remade this for a Monsters episode too. But it's really, really good here. And Herbert Lom just looks like he's having a great time. And then we get to the epilogue. And I'm not going to give it away. But, you know, come on. These things all have shock endings. So you ought to be able to figure out where this one's going. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, Block is, it's, it's just a really good just a good time. Amicus knew how to do these. They weren't Hammer, and they didn't really try to be Hammer. They they carved out their own little little bit there. And uh, this was uh, directed by Roy Ward Baker, who did a number of films that I that I really like, and one film that I absolutely unreservedly love, which is uh, Quatermass in the Pit, uh, uh, otherwise yes. known as uh, is that Five Million Years to Earth or uh, Yeah, I think yeah, Five Million Years to Earth. I think that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's um, 
But, you know, and he did some crap, too, like Scars of Dracula. And he did Vampire Lovers, which is somewhere in between. And um, and then co-directed Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which is pretty much when, you know, Hammer had kind of given <laughs> up the ghost. Yeah, eh, they tried. You know, what are you going to do? So uh, definitely worth seeking out. Asylum, a lot of fun. Where can you find it? Of course you can find it on Tubi. What are you, crazy? Tubi, mm-hmm. Roku, uh, Pluto, Shout, Plex. Freebie, and then there's some places you could rent it. Though, why would you rent it when you could watch it on Tubi? Hey, I don't like ads. Oh, come on, just just embrace it. You know, give me a chance <laughs> to go do something, go to the bathroom, make yourself a sandwich or whatever. You know, yeah, these, yeah. These and and look, they're portmanteaus. They tell a story and then there's an ad. I mean, Tubi wouldn't stick an ad in the middle of the story, would they? Ah, uh, they might. I don't know if anyone really notices. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's Renee, like it's been. I'm, <laughs> Renee, please, please uh, put an ad in the middle of that sentence when you edit this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. funny. That is funny. So uh, <laughs> didn't they, didn't they re-release this like in? I think they released it like. 1979, 1980 as House of Crazies because I remember that's where I originally remember seeing like the ads for it. Um, wow, that that seems they, they, really they, politically they... incorrect. Yeah, I know. And I remember it was House of Crazies, and and I because I remember the they kind of focused on the Herbert Lom mini robot murder robots um, in the you ads know, the, for that. The, you really should be more sensitive to the mentally ill. But the the good thing about making fun of crazy people is that unlike other special interest groups who will write letters, well, they'll also write letters, but then they'll put them in a hollow tree, and so no one's ever going to see it, and you're, you're oh, God. fine. Yeah. <laughs> and with that. With that, I send it to Renee. My next recommendation is also sci-fi. And, okay, when the movie starts, you're going to get a few minutes in and you're going to think, what's happening? Why did this chick recommend this movie? She's kooky. (laughs) And, yes, that is all true. But just hang in there because it gets better. This movie Hmm. is called Equilibrium. And it Hmm. stars Hmm. Christian Bale and Sean Hmm. Bean, which... I mean, you know what happens then. Oh, Emily yeah. Watson. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, Emily Watson, <laughs> Tay Diggs, and Sean Pertwee. And you know Sean Pertwee was in Dog Soldiers. Oh, which, that's right. Yeah, which Paul just recommended last is, week. Is he related to one of the Doctor Who Pertwees? He or, absolutely yeah. is. He is oh. the son of the third Doctor, John Pertwee. <laughs> this movie is it's set in a dystopian time Again, once again, we are in the near future. And, oh, I should also mention, I'm so sorry, before I get to that, this movie was directed by Kurt Wimmer. He's, he's directed other movies, hmm. which, are, which are fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, here's a, good, here's a good triple play for you. Um, <laughs> the Total Recall remake in 2012... The point, the point, the Point Break remake in 2015, and Uh-oh. the Children of the Corn remake in 2020. So. Why did you have to bring that up? Oh, I oh I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mention. Okay, those. I apologize. Edit it out. Edit it out. You have the power. Sorry. Oh God, no! I it's apologize. Okay. He also did the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair too. Just edit it out. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. The re- oh God. So yeah. So this movie is set in the near future, and. Basically, this society is you're not allowed to feel emotions and you are not allowed to basically have any sort of 
inspiring materials are you know writings art things that just kind of evoke emotions everything is forbidden and you must also take your daily dose of prosium which helps you to suppress those feelings and the government has these crews that are set up to go around and enforce <laughs> force enforce eliminating sense offenders <laughs> Now there are some moments in the movie when they say like, over here, it's a room of sense offenders. And you're like, wait, what did they just say? <laughs> but no, it's, it's sense offenders. So, yeah. So uh, Christian Bale plays John Preston and he is like one of the elite uh, high ranking enforcement officers with his partner, Sean Bean. And they are going around and eliminating all of these artifacts. They are also eliminating the people who are hoarding these items, and people who feel feelings. So if you feel feelings, you're going to die. But but I know it's a little crazy, but bear with me. It's It has some really fun action scenes in it. They're a little bit like kind of matrixy, and apparently they coined the term gun-foo <laughs> from this movie. So it's a little bit wacky, but it's, it's fun, and it's slightly thought-provoking. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Christian Bale is just so good. And there's a scene in this movie where he's in this room with all of these artifacts, and he finds a gramophone, and he turns it on, and it starts playing Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9, and he's so overwhelmed that he is basically, like, drops to his knees. And, you, you know, you think about it, that this is a person who has never heard music in his whole life like he's just never heard it and it kind of gives you that moment of of what that must feel like and he really portrays that moment i think beautifully it was just it's just really i think worth it just for his performance yeah and it is also available on youtube and i guess on that note we are all done we are and i don't even know how we're ending our episodes anymore does anybody have anything <laughs> they want to say <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna keep my big mouth shut because apparently I'm ruining everything today. So, ah, <laughs> yeah, tell me what other crappy movies Kurt Wimmer yeah. made. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For the weekend of October 20th, Bill recommended Tales from the Crypt, available on Tubi, the Roku Channel, Fubo, Redbox, and Crackle, and Asylum, available on Tubi, Screenbox, Pluto. Roku, and Shout. Paul recommended Capricorn One, available on Hulu, Peacock, Tubi, and Pluto. And Room 237, available on Tubi, AMC+, Pluto TV, and Plex. I recommended Sunshine, available on YouTube, and Equilibrium, available on Stars and YouTube. Zachary recommended Killing Birds, available on Roku, Tubi, Night Flight, Plex, and YouTube, and Steel Dawn, available on Tubi, Vudu, and Plex. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, my, my, again, I ate too much Halloween candy. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, Halloween is in two weeks. you got to pace yourself, buddy. Well, you I know, <laughs> I know. I can't help it. I think you missed it last week. He, he likes candy that's terrible. Absolutely terrible candy. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I did. I know. Actually, 
No, but the the candy the candy is like that I've been eating is like Snickers and Twix and Milky Way and M and M's. Okay, okay. These I didn't are, these buy. I didn't buy the. I didn't buy. I didn't buy the good bag of candy with all the giant Tootsie Rolls in it and, <laughs> and dots and things like that. No. One of the things I discovered when I was going through my journey through bad candies is there was one. I can't remember what it was called. Was it Charleston Chew or something that basically hmm. everyone hated yeah. it? But they would freeze it and then break it into little bits and gnaw on it. Oh, I like yeah, it's like juice. a giant marshmallow stick covered in chocolate. Yeah, those well. are good. Okay, all right, those yeah. are okay. Oh, oh, Zach can say it's good, and you and you're like, oh, that's all right. But if I say it's good, <laughs> it's crap. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you've pro- no, you've proven yourself not to be trusted. Like, are you thinking of Mary Janes? Because those are trash. Oh, they're the worst. Well, they're from yeah. Necco. They're from Necco. Necco. Mm. Oh, they're Necco. delicious. That's true. Mm. Oh. true. What are you? What are you? A seventy-eight-year-old lesbian? Mary Jane's? That's horrible. <laughs> they're the worst. That's they my are such an identity. They are old, la- old person candy. They're they're the you get those are the candies that they you get when you go visit your elderly aunt and she's got like she's got what is clearly an ashtray, but it is full of what were once <laughs> ribbon candies and they've just solidified from the humidity <laughs> into a giant work of beautiful art actually they're actually it's actually kind of sweet mm. but i didn't realize for the longest time it was candy i just thought it was you know old people decoration <laughs> <laughs> would you like some werthers <laughs> oh my god werthers okay what's the one that's it's really it's really chintzy it's like it's like caramel but it's almost too soft to be caramel and then there's like a swirl of kind of like marshmallow caramel in the oh, right. oh yeah yeah, yeah, caramel creams, those are the best things in the freaking world. <laughs> Paul, Paul, no seriously, oh, I, I've and got they, a stage an intervention with and you. And they, they make a version that's really long and thin that hasn't been cut into coins, and it's called a cowtail, and they're fantastic. Oh, no, oh that's what a cowtail is? Yeah, yeah, oh. cowtail is just a, a caramel cream that is just long and thin and not been cut into coins. I do yeah. like cowtails. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> These people are so freaking lazy. They're like, ah, we got to come up with another candy. It's like... What if we just take our old candy and not cut it up? <laughs> just, just release it as it is. Like, you're a genius, Cardulo. <laughs> well, yeah, that's great. 